This is episode 322, Let Go of Your Need for Control with Beck. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Once again, thank you so, so much for listening. I just love having you be part of this community. I want to speak briefly to an email I sent out last week. And in the email, I wrote, your dreams are possible. And that's true. But the line I wrote underneath it is, they may not happen in the divine timing or format that you expected. So I'm not somebody who's going to say anything you want in life, you can have it because I don't know if that's true. I don't know what your soul's purpose is, your karma is, your destiny is, how much your ego is getting in the way of your intuition. So I don't, I'm not somebody who's like, whatever you want, you can have it. However, I do believe your dream is possible if you're willing to have it look a little different than what your mind or your ego, your personality wants. That's why I say dreams are possible and they may not happen in the timing or the format that we expect. So say, for example, you always wanted to have your own business and you wanted to have your own business because you wanted the freedom and the creativity and you wanted the impact, but you've tried it and you just can't seem to do it. You just don't get the momentum you want. You don't really love some of the parts about being an entrepreneur And so you don't necessarily give up that dream, but you find a way to work in a company where you feel free, where you feel creative, where it's not necessarily your own business, where you might be working for someone else or working with the team. So you're still fulfilling that dream of feeling the way you wanted to feel, just maybe not in the form of, okay, I'm an entrepreneur. I own my own business. Same thing with relationships. We may have a certain ideal of what we want in a person or what timing we want it in. And it may end up looking completely different than what we thought. I had a client who had this ideal of what she wanted in a relationship in a man. And then two years later, she met a woman that she fell in love with. Definitely not the exact dream she had. So yes, dream. Yes, long for things. Yes, know your dreams are possible when you're not so, so attached to the way you want it to go. And I talk a little bit more about attachment and control in this episode. And what we get to with Beck is control is really about our protective behaviors. We want to feel safe. We don't want to get hurt. We want things the way we want them. And often that makes us very attached to having something go a certain way or controlling certain situations. One of the things that I, you've probably heard me say frequently on the show is one of the first laws of spiritual transformation, personal growth is acceptance. That's why I wrote a book called Expectation Hangover. <laughs> it was all about accepting disappointment and moving through it. Yes, we get our heart broken sometimes. Yes, things don't always happen the way we want, but that doesn't mean we have to let go of our dreams. It just means we may have to adjust how we see them and be willing to accept that they may come in a different form and a different timing than we originally wanted, that the mind originally wanted. And we have to trust that that is for our highest good. That's advanced work there because we want what we want when we want it. 
But when we can let go of the way we want it and when we want it and how we want it and just hang on to our dream and hang on to our longing and saying, okay, universe, you know my dream. You know my divine order. Help bring it to me in the way that's for my highest good. And then we get out of the way. We keep moving forward with high intention but low involvement and we see the way our dreams unfold. So keep that in mind whenever you're thinking about, oh my gosh, I missed my opportunity on something or my dream didn't come true about something. Keep in mind, it just may not look the way you wanted it to look or the way you thought it was going to look. So as you're listening to this conversation with Beck, consider, do you find yourself fighting for control, really manipulating situations to make yourself feel safe? Are you someone that holds a lot and holds a lot and holds a lot in and then blah, maybe just dumps on your partner or someone in your life and they're like, whoa, and you see them start to shut down or avoid or tell you you're too emotional. When you feel like you're not, you just hold things inside for long periods of time. How are you at asking for what you need? That's something we talk about a lot on this show. Are you really taking responsibility to ask for what you need? And finally, Think about your childhood and times you got in trouble or times you were told you were naughty or you did something wrong. Did you perhaps collapse, I did something wrong with I am wrong? And is there an old childhood belief that because you did something bad or wrong that made you wrong or unlovable in some way? That question will become more clear as you listen to my coaching session with Beck. I also want to invite all the single ladies out there to my one program that's just for a specific niche of women who are looking to call in their conscious soul match relationship with a man, Be the Queen's Open for Enrollment. It's the last time we're teaching it live because we're having a baby and I wanted to get one more class in before I give birth. And I think it's going to, no, I know it's going to be an incredibly powerful, powerful journey for the women who choose to enroll. We have a free bonus call tomorrow, the 11th, if you're listening to this show when it drops, but don't worry, there's still plenty of time to register. We don't start the class until November 30th, and you still get all the bonuses, so you won't be able to be on the live call on the 11th, but you'll get the recording of the call. If you're on the live call, you can ask questions, and I can coach you, and we can start interacting. Go to christinehasler.com slash be the queen to apply. Again, christinehasler.com slash be the queen to apply. And before I dive in, I want to thank my sponsor for this week, one of my favorites, Third Love. So we've got the holidays coming up and it is time for comfy, cozy clothes. I love, especially here in the U.S., and now that we live in Austin, where it gets a little colder than California, I love getting comfy. I love getting cozy. And with my ever-expanding body, <laughs> I really loved being able to go to Third Love and ordering the bras and loungewear that fit me because the old ones don't. Because with Third Love, comfort and quality is always, always a given. I love their extra soft loungewear. This is a great gift for mom or friends or for yourself or for your sister. I love their activewear. I love their intimate luxe sets for that special someone. And you can treat yourself to comfort with what you really want this holiday season. Third Love obsesses over every stitch in their underwear, loungewear, and activewear. Putting on your essentials feels like indulging in yourself every day. What I really love about Third Love is you can find a bra that fits. You can take their fitting room quiz. It's like a personal shopper, but better. It focuses on size, breast shape, current fit issues, and your personal style to find bras and underwear that are perfect for you. They have half cup sizes, which is great for those in-between sizes, and you'll love your fit guaranteed. If not, exchanges and returns are free for 30 
days. And Third Love's team of expert fit stylists are available via chat or text to answer all of your questions. Another thing I really, really love about Third Love is they are the largest donor of undergarments in the U.S., donating over $40 million worth of bras to help people in need. So, Feeling is believing, upgrade to everyday pieces that you love your body as much as you do. Like I said, I'm obsessed with their loungewear right now. It is so cozy, so comfy. And right now you can get 20% off your first order at thirdlove.com slash over it. That's T-H-I-R-D-L-O-V-E.com slash over it. Again, 20% off at thirdlove.com slash over it. All right. And now on to my coaching call with Beck. Beck, welcome to the show. How can I help? Thank you. I've been doing a lot of inner work lately. And one thing that's come up a lot is um, the need for control. Mm. Um, so I just thought I'd call and just, yeah, have a bit of a chat about that. I've sort of been working on it a bit, but it's just one of those things that I just find it just creeps back in in so many different ways. And it's really hard to kind of pinpoint and, yeah, stop it, I suppose. Can you give me an example? Just so I know what um, you're calling control. Yeah, yeah. So like a really little example is if like say my partner and I get invited somewhere, if I don't want to go, I think I have this fear of being perceived as being controlling because I, I would never, like not never, but a lot of the times I won't stand up and say, oh, I don't want to go there because that would make me uncomfortable or I don't like those people so I don't want to attend that, you know, event that we've been invited to. So what I'll do instead is you know, kind of internally control the situation. So make a plan to be somewhere else so that we can't go or, you know, organize something else so that we can't go to that thing kind of thing. And I just like to, yeah, I don't know. I suppose when I'm not in control, um, it, I get really like, I don't know if stressed is the word or if I have just a fear that something's going to go wrong or, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I just really get like, maybe a little bit anxious and very like, this isn't how I would do it. So it's not okay. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Can you give me an example of one of those times you felt out of control? I suppose. And I don't know if expectations comes into it. I know I have a big issue with expectations, um, especially in my romantic relationship, but like say something happens. And if, if my partner Ty doesn't do, you know, sort of what I would have done in that circumstance, it's like, Oh crap. So then I'll either like pick a fight with him to kind of get him to, if, if I'm feeling unsafe, I'd just do things to um, sort of make him give me that um, reassurance, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's a little bit of a semantics thing because what you're calling control and controlling behavior sounds mm-hmm. to me more like protective behavior. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's probably very true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why do you feel that's yeah. true? I think I have, like I've my past relationship, I was cheated on. So that's a big thing. But also like, I just have this fear that something's going to go wrong mm-hmm. and I just get really like, well, I just want to protect what I want, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And did you grow up in a home and a family where things felt very safe? If things went wrong, it wasn't a big deal. There wasn't a lot of fear or worry or concern in the home? Uh, No, if things went wrong, it was, yeah, a pretty big deal. Yeah, what would happen? Yeah, I suppose if things went wrong in like an upsetting thing, it was like sort of not a big deal that it was upsetting, but like everyone knew 
what was upsetting or if like as a child if I did something wrong it was like I knew I did something wrong and like I couldn't really I felt like I couldn't really be happy if that makes sense Mm -hmm. because well I've done something wrong so you need to think about that and you know sort of fix your attitude and whatever if that makes sense Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so there wasn't a lot of compassion there was compassion in other senses if that makes sense but like when I was bad or if I was naughty or, you know, all those kind of words, Mm -hmm. I knew about it and it was made very, very known, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how do you think that made you feel as a child? I suppose since doing, I haven't really, I didn't think about it as a child, but since doing a lot of the work and looking back at it, um, I think it was, you know, I know my parents loved me unconditionally but it was a bit of a conditional love, if that makes sense. Like if I was naughty, I didn't really feel loved, mm-hmm. even though I was. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of like it, the, the way it was, it felt like that love was sort of taken away if mm-hmm. I was, yeah, did something wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So do you see how there's a little bit of a pain point of love being taken away? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a fear of things going wrong. And a fear <laughs> yeah. of feeling unsafe because when you feel love's taken away, it's a very unsafe feeling. Mm-hmm. So the reason I'm asking you about your childhood is because just everything comes back to it. Everything comes <laughs> back to the programs and patterns that were instilled when we were a child. So the fact that you're looking at this right now and looking at your relationship with what you call control, but we're kind of rewarding into protective behaviors and protective patterns is just the ways that you've kind of come up with to make yourself feel safe because you didn't have the vocabulary as a child to say, listen, mom and dad, I know you need to discipline me because what I did was naughty, but the way you're doing it makes me feel like you're taking love away. And that makes me feel really unsafe. So could we discuss another way to teach me without making me feel unsafe? Like what seven-year-old can say that? (laughs) Yeah. Right. But that's really what you needed to say. Yeah. Because you're a little sensitive one <laughs> yeah, and you feel things big yeah, and you couldn't separate as a child from my actions being wrong and me being wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And that gets lodged in there. Mm. And when we feel like there's something wrong with me, there's a, there's a disruption in the nervous system that happens where we just don't feel safe. Is this making sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah. What, what's coming up for you as I'm talking? Yeah, I can just so see how that, how I bring that into my re- relationship with Ty, yeah. How can you see that? Yeah, I suppose just that sort of fear of, you know, not being loved and that love being sort of taken away. Right. Um, and I think what is probably beautiful in what I found with Ty is I find it so fascinating that, you know, he can turn around and say to me, oh, you did that thing and I didn't like it. And I just go into a state of fear, like, oh, mm-hmm. my God, I, you know, I'm in trouble. He, mm-hmm. He's mad at me, rah, rah. But then five minutes later he'll come up and he'll hug me and he'll kiss me and he'll say he loves me and it's just like, what? Like, and looking at that it's just like, oh, wow, that's just like an, just an unconditional love. Like he can turn around and say I didn't like that but also – tell me he loves me and not like be mad at me forever. <laughs> right. So what I want you to do to feel more empowered in those situations, because it's beautiful. He has that awareness and can come back around, but we don't yeah. want your nervous system to be dependent on him to regulate. We really yeah, want to teach yeah. you to regulate yourself. So 
in those situations where you start to feel fear, I want you to voice it. I want you to say, I'm really scared right now. Yeah. I feel really scared and I know it's not logical. My rational mind knows you love me and you're not leaving me, but I'm starting to sweat. My breath is getting faster. My heart is racing a little bit and I just feel all this fear. And then probably if you allow yourself to speak it, you'll start to cry. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And that is voicing your truth and speaking up for your needs. Because back to that initial example of the party thing, Mm. you basically create this whole situation where you get yourself out. It's, it's, I acknowledge the effort, you know, it's very (laughs) calculating. It's it's, it's good, but you don't have to do that. Yeah. You could just say, this is something I don't feel comfortable doing. Yeah. And I don't feel comfortable going. And so we either need to figure out a way where I can feel comfortable or this is something you need to go to alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, you've learned to, again, because you were sensitive and you collapsed, I did something wrong with I'm wrong. Yeah. You've had to be very calculating and getting your needs met. Yeah. Because when we think I'm wrong, we think we're not deserving of asking for what we want. Yeah. So your way out of this control slash protective pattern thing is Mm -hmm. to start speaking up, start speaking your needs, start speaking your vulnerability, start speaking when you feel an emotion, start giving it voice. This is going to start to help you break the patterns because again, going back to childhood, you couldn't say when you were being disciplined, you felt so much shame and you felt like love was being taken away. You couldn't say, I really need a hug because I need to know you still love me. Yeah, yeah. Even though I'm in trouble. Yeah. So you had to go and then calculate and come up with a plan to get love back. Yeah. Is this making sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Can you see all the ways in which you don't speak up? And don't speak your truth and don't show your true emotion? Yeah. Yeah. How is that working? Uh, Not great. (laughs) No. No. What is it creating? I suppose distance and then it just makes me overthink everything. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So practice with me right now. Mm-hmm. Are you getting what you need from this conversation or is there more you want to say or anything that isn't making sense or anything that isn't reg- resonating with you? Um, no, all resonating with me. Um, <laughs> it's so hard to ask for what I need. That's why we're practicing. <laughs> um, see, sometimes I'd like, I don't know what I need. Mm-hmm. Well, I have is time. That just- That's good. (laughs) We're going to practice. Instead of talking about it, we're going to practice. Okay. So just, you have me here. We have this conversation. Just close your eyes and just feel into, hmm, what would feel good right now? What do I need? What what would support me? Where do I feel confused? What do I want to ask? Any of those things. I, a little bit off topic, if that's okay, Mm -hmm. but I would like to ask, um, my partner struggles um, to handle my emotions. Mm-hmm. I know that's sort of his work to do, but is there something that I can do to help that? What do you mean he struggles to handle your emotions? Paint me a picture. 
he's mentioned a few times that there's something inside of him that feels like I cry for attention. Mm-hmm. And if I do get upset or talk about my emotions and stuff, um, sometimes he can just kind of uh, uh, distance himself and just sort of withdraw a bit. Um, and so I think that's sort of holding me back in asking what I need because when I try to, I either get met with nothing. Like, yeah, he he can literally sit there and watch me cry and not just sit there and not touch me, not hug me, nothing. Mm-hmm. And that, like, when I'm in that state and I'm crying, that's what I need from him. And I've tried to explain that to him, but he just really struggles with it. So I think I'm hesitant to ask for what I need and uh, show my emotions and stuff uh, in front of him in a way because I'm scared that I'm going to be met with that distance and the withdrawal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so and, so yeah. it makes total sense. So I'm going to first answer this more from his perspective. So yeah. Beck, what would feel better to you if I came and like just sprinkled you with a little water, kind of like they do at church where they just like sprinkle a little water all over a, or if I took like a huge bucket of ice cold water and threw it at you. <laughs> Probably the sprinkle. Yeah. It's just a little little bit at a time, right? Let's yeah. not throw yeah. the whole bucket. So I th- part of what may be going on is because you hold so much inside and you don't sprinkle your truth and your vulnerability consistently in the relationship, it builds and builds and builds and builds and then it's like a bucket of water on them. <laughs> that is so true. And he freezes. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that he doesn't love you. It's not that he doesn't care. It's just like so much is coming at him. He doesn't know what to do with it because men, until they really learn how to hold in their masculinity and really hold and just Mm -hmm. be present to the waves of emotion, which is that feminine energy. And that's not a woman, man thing. That wave of emotion is just that, that beautiful feminine expression we all have until he really learns how to hold in that. He's mm-hmm. going to think he needs to fix it. And because it's a bucket of water and not a few stri- sprinkles, like if I want to get dry after a few sprinkles, easy. Just pat myself yeah. off. I can handle it. But if mm-hmm. someone throws a bucket of water on me, I've got way more of an overwhelm to deal with. Mm-hmm. And yep. so he is thinking, what do I do? What do I do? And he just freaking shuts down. And you're thinking, it's so simple, dude. All you need to do is hug me, right? Like super obvious to you. But in yeah. his brain, he's it's like can't compute, overwhelmed, too much emotion coming at me. <laughs> yep. So your role in this and how you play into this pattern is you got to mm-hmm. think of sprinkling rather than dumping yeah. a bucket. More yeah. consistent, this is how I'm feeling. More yeah. consistent emotion so that it's not this huge emotional bucket of water that he just doesn't know what to do with. And again, asking for what you need, like going up and saying, Ty, I just need a good cry. Mm -hmm. I don't need you to fix it. I don't need you to do anything. I just need you to hug me. Yeah. Can you do that? Because again, there's a part of you because of the collapsed, I did something wrong and I'm wrong that Mm -hmm. doubts your lovability. So there will be a subconscious part of you back that's always testing to see if someone loves you. Yeah. Yeah. And this is one of the subconscious tests. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're not doing anything wrong mm-hmm. at all. 
he's not doing anything mm-hmm. wrong at all. Mm-hmm. You're just kind of both in a pattern. Yeah. Your responsibility in breaking out of that pattern is the sprinkling and mm-hmm. really taking responsibility to communicate what you need. And I know you said earlier, sometimes I don't know what I need. We always mm-hmm. do. We just need to give ourselves some time. Yeah. And it's usually simple. I need a hug. I need someone mm-hmm. to listen. I need reassurance. I need clarity. Yeah. I need rest. I need to eat something. Mm-hmm. Like it, we're pretty simple. Yeah. <laughs> but because we're so in our head and so in our patterns, like, I don't know what I need. Yes, we do. We just need to stop, mm-hmm. get in our body and check in. And you can do that. But again, yeah. because your survival strategy has been all these calculating ways, mm-hmm. you go into making it way more complex than it needs to be. Yeah. Like yeah. coming up with a way to avoid going to a party like manipulating something else to be there that you can get out of takes mm-hmm. so much more mental energy than just saying, I don't want to go. Yeah. But because you don't think it's okay to say, I don't want to go, which is what you really need. You mm-hmm. go on this whole long expedition to create a way out, mm-hmm. which makes you think getting your needs met is really complicated because you complicate it. Yeah. Cause you think yeah. you have to. Yeah. But when you forgive yourself or buying into the belief that you have to complicate it, Mm-hmm. versus just simply asking for what you need, mm-hmm. it's going to be so much easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Making sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what do you yeah. see as your, what's here for you to practice? What are you going to take from this call and try to start doing? Mm-hmm. Not, well, let me take out the word try because I yeah. either yes. do or don't. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what are yeah. you going to start yeah. doing? start asking for what I need more often and yeah like you said just sprinkling that emotion out rather than dumping it on him yeah that honestly as soon as you said that it was like a bombshell it was yeah so true so yeah just really you know um practicing that you know emotion and asking for what I need more regularly mm-hmm. yeah. yeah 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 and Forgiving yourself for buying into the belief that you don't know what you need because you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the way you've had to get your needs met has been complicated and complex. But what we're yeah. affirming today is that it can be simple and easy. You can yeah. just ask for it because mm-hmm. you have the vocabulary and the awareness now that you didn't have as a mm-hmm. child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How does this feel in your body? Like it's all just hitting me and it's like, it's not one of those, you know, inner work sessions that's like emotional. It's like, oh, wow, that's so true. And it's sort of like exciting that I can go work on it now. Yeah. All this. Yes. Yeah. You can really take it into action. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is yeah. one of those things where it's like, oh, wow, to integrate this one, it's not a whole lot of processing. It's more yeah. practicing. Sometimes we yeah, have to process yeah. and sometimes we have to practice. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Anything else yeah. you need? Let me think. Feel into it. Don't just think about it. Okay. <laughs> um, how do I support myself in a relationship? In a relationship with your partner? Yeah. So something else that I've been working on, which sort of, I don't know if it relates to this or not, but is um, I was expecting Ty to be my primary Um, and so I've been working on being my own primary, but I'm sort of struggling to do that. Mm. 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 Your primary what? 
Uh, so like instead of expecting Ty to give me happiness and mm-hmm. give me love and all that kind of stuff and be the primary person of mm-hmm. everything, um, just sort of doing that for myself. It's this conversation, is it? Yeah. 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 This whole yeah. conversation about speaking your needs, showing your emotion, getting your needs met and not thinking yeah. you need to basically start a new business to get out of a plan <laughs> is is the way. Yeah. That yeah. will be huge. Once you start meeting your needs, then more self-love will come, self-honoring, self-respect, all that kind of stuff. But when yeah. you are really speaking your needs, being an advocate for your needs, being vulnerable, showing your emotion, you're putting yourself first. That's how you become primary. Yeah. And that's how yeah. you stop outsourcing. So I'm glad you all asked that question because it ties it all together. It's all connected. Yeah. And I encourage you to go back and listen to this and take some notes mm. and just let it sink in mm-hmm. and just know that what's up for you right now is just to really go and practice. Yeah. Yeah. Got it? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> this help? Yes, very much so. Yeah. Thank you so much, Beck, for your question and for being willing to really go into what you needed. So let's talk about this for a little bit. When Beck first started talking, she was saying that she really wanted to explore her relationship with control. And all of us have an addiction to control. <laughs> we, we all do. All humans do at some point. We, we have different relationships with it. It's, it's hard for us to completely 100% be in uncertainty and non-attachment and surrender. And the more work that we do, the more we're able to step into those things. But it's naturally human to have those kind of controlling pieces come up because we don't feel safe or because we feel scared or whatever the reason may be. And often, you know, what we're looking at as controlling is really about a part of us that doesn't feel safe, that's looking to protect So I think that semantics and words are very important because no one wants to be called controlling. Like if I walked up to you and I'm like, oh, you're so controlling, you wouldn't think that was a compliment, would you? And so it's it's hard to get leverage and really work on ourselves and get the ahas we need and, and do the work that we need to do when we have a word that just has a lot of judgment on top of it. So instead of looking at your behaviors as controlling, what I wanted Beck to do and what I want you to do is to look at them as, oh, these are my protective behaviors. Oh, it's just me trying to protect myself. Can you see how much better that feels than, oh, I'm so controlling. Why am I so controlling? Like if, if someone said to you, oh, I see you're really trying to protect yourself, that would feel so much better than why are you being so controlling? right? And I inserted the tone there, but that's often the way that controlling word feels. It feels judgmental and so you're protecting yourself, which we all do. We all do. So the, the main thing that we got to with Beck was that as a kid, she collapsed. I did something wrong with I'm wrong. So she's so afraid of messing up. She's so afraid of losing love that she contorts herself into a pretzel to, to, create scenarios where she's quote unquote protecting herself, like the example she gave when she wants to get out of something. And she's making getting her needs met way more complicated than it needs to be, which makes her think that getting needs met is hard or that she doesn't even know her needs. So when she's able to separate, you know, I did something wrong or someone is upset with me from I'm wrong and someone doesn't love me, it's like, 
oh, okay, those are two different things. Just because I did something quote unquote wrong, that doesn't mean I'm wrong. And just because someone's upset with me doesn't mean they don't love me. I think a lot of you can relate. A lot of you have probably collapsed those two things. So you want to unpack those and go, okay, people can be upset with me. I can make mistakes. Still means I'm lovable and it still means I'm worthy. We want to help the inner child realize that. Because as children, like I said to Beck, we didn't, we didn't have the cognitive ability to communicate, hey, I know I'm in trouble, but I really need to know you still love me. Because I'm really scared that this thing I did that I know is bad means I'm not as lovable or I'm not as worthy anymore. And that happens repeatedly and that becomes a program that gets cemented. So for Beck right now, what's really up for her is communicating. Now she has the cognitive ability to be able to communicate and go, I know you're upset with me and I'm scared. I know you love me, but there's a part of me that's so scared you're going to leave or you don't love me or whatever the case may be. Now she can communicate that. She can communicate her emotions. And this is really important because she doesn't want to throw a bucket of emotions on her partner. She wants to be able to just sprinkle it. And when we hold stuff in, hold stuff in, hold stuff in, hold stuff in, we end up becoming the bucket thrower, just like blah. And then the person on the receiving end gets overwhelmed and really doesn't know how to hold for us. So her work right now is really practicing speaking up, being vulnerable, connecting into her needs and communicating them. And this is more of a practice thing than a process thing. And like I said to Beck, and I'm saying to all of you, sometimes we need to go back and process things. And sometimes we need to practice. And there's a little bit of processing here in terms of talking to the inner child and making sure she knows she's not wrong and she's lovable. But the way the inner child is going to really get that, the way it's going to sink in is if she speaks up and if she's able to feel the emotion and instead of react to it, voice it. Because whenever we voice something, it's, <laughs> I've said this before, and I don't know why this example is coming in, but Steph and I always talk about farts better out than in. So we have permission, this is probably TMI, to pass gas in front of each other because it's not good to hold it in. It's just not good for your digestion. It's not good for your intestines. It's just not good. So when it comes to farts, we always say better out than in. To be honest, he takes advantage of that a little more than me. But anyway, I digress. Emotions and I hope this makes you laugh, are like farts. You don't want to keep them in. Now, of course, just like it's inappropriate to fart at work, you don't let your emotions just rip anywhere you want. So if you notice an emotion comes up and it's not appropriate, you say, okay, I feel you, emotions. You can do this with gas too. I will let you out at 8 p.m. tonight or, or when I go to the bathroom later, whichever example we're using here. Oh, I'm amusing myself with this one. But the point is, I think you all know the point. The point is we just can't hold these things inside. And when she's able to sprinkle, she won't be so overwhelmed with her emotions and neither will her boyfriend. So takeaways for you, start to look at where you're collapsing. I'm wrong and I'm unlovable with I did something, quote unquote, wrong, or I made a mistake, or I upset someone. Start to unravel those and really look at where you're not speaking your truth and allowing your emotions up and out. If you keep your truth and emotions in, you're going to feel it. And it's not going to feel good. And you're not going to have the connection and the relationships you really want. So better out than in, everybody. That's my message for you today. 
Thank you so much for listening. As always, sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you, so please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. 